Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, this is Penny Tusi. Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. I'm going to share on a topic today that I've spoken about before, and I've titled this lesson, Facing Our Frailties. We all have them, and it's important that we all face them. This may end up taking a couple of podcasts because it could get a little lengthy, but I'm just going to delve into it. And I, like you, want to be like Jesus. I want to mature in God. I want to be someone who is a servant, who helps others, who lives out the mandate of Christ in my life. And part of the thing that I've always wanted to grow and mature into is becoming like the father in the prodigal son story. I used to always think, well, I'm just the prodigal. You know, I'm always failing and falling on my face and returning to God, kind of desperate, returning to that father figure. And I still will probably always be that person as well. But I also wanted to come to the point where I was like the father and I could represent him too. In Luke fifteen twenty, it says, but while he was still a long way off, that's the son, the father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. That's such a picture of the heart of God. And and I want to be like that for people. I want to be embracing. I want to meet them in their high points, their low points, and be a friend and and embrace them and let them know there's hope and to encourage them and just to keep going there. But often there are so many frailties in my way and in our way. Um, A frailty is a, a defect, a weakness in resolution, shortcoming, deficiency, um, a deception, perhaps an imperfection, like an Achilles heel. And do we have any of these? I know that I do. And really, we're not alone in this flawed condition of ours. If you look through the Bible, whether it's Jacob or Moses or David, even Peter, Paul, Sarah, they're all trying to do the right thing but they were often diverted due to either a wrong belief at a moment or a weakness in resolution or a flaw in their lives. That's partly why it's so important to always keep a mindset of being teachable and even to allow others to come alongside us and bring restoration into our life, to let others help us in an authentic way and to face our frailties. I often talk about Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4, and that section of the Bible talks about the mandate on God, on Jesus, and on his people to bring hope and help to people that are in need. And it elaborates what that need looks like, and it's including each of us both in the area of having those needs and also being anointed to help people get set free from those needs and to lift them up. And that's the culmination of those four verses is that you would end up having the ability to help and strengthen others. But it's my firm belief 
that we can't get to verse 4, where we're rebuilding ancient ruins and restoring former devastations in other people's lives without continually putting ourselves in a position to walk through verses 1 through 3, where the afflicted receive good news, the brokenhearted are bound up, liberty comes to captives and prisoners, and those that are mourned are comforted, and we trade our ashes for a crown of beauty, ultimately becoming an oak of righteousness. To me, sometimes I wish it weren't so, but that is a repeated process in my life. I still have times where I'm brokenhearted, where I feel like I've caved in an area and even become captive or, or brokenhearted or afflicted. And I need to run back yet again then and receive that anointing from God to be forgiven, to be pulled up out of that place, and to have hope again. So then it says that in verses 3 and 4, we'll become an oak, a strong tree of righteousness, and we'll rebuild other people's lives. So I want to talk about seven things that I believe stop us from actually facing our frailties. These are, this is just a list that I've put together that I've noticed. I'm sure you could come up with some on your own, but these are things that came to me that I feel are have been issues. Number one, we can just be too busy. How would I have time to slow down and really take time to receive personal care? Maybe I need to go away and spend some time alone with the Lord. Maybe I need to just really read a book about a certain topic that will help me make a move forward. Maybe I need to go somewhere and have personal ministry or counseling for someone. But we think sometimes that we're too busy. It's not a priority. But in reality, us receiving verses 1 through 3 in Isaiah 61 is a priority. It's vital. Realizing that we have frailties and facing them instead of ignoring them or hiding them is so critical to our spiritual health and our ability to help others. A second reason is that we think it's too trivial. And I have spoken to people who feel this way. They say, you know, sometimes people think they're just engaged in such important things in life that taking time for self-care or, and I'm not talking about self-indulgence, which self-pampering, which which can be a good thing as well at times, in moments. I'm talking about dealing with the frailties and the weaknesses in our lives in order to become strong, to become an oak, and to move forward so that we can fulfill that mandate and even be the father in the story of the prodigal son. I had someone tell me one time that it's kind of ridiculous to stop and really look at selfish, petty, reoccurrent personal failures and problems when the world was so needy and there were so many legitimate issues that needed to be addressed. People that they kind of gave me the impression that people who are called to ministry need to just get over it and focus on other people. Well, the problem is those reoccurrent personal failures and problems are often affecting, hurting and stumbling others. And they're discrediting the things that God has for us to do. You know, when we just ignore them and act like they're too trivial and we just keep right on a going with some of these issues in our lives, 
we're not being effective as we would like to be. We are bringing that in to what we're doing instead of being healed. This section of scripture in Jeremiah 15, 18 and 19 really speaks to this. He says in verse 18, why has my pain been perpetual and my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Will you indeed be to me like a deceptive stream with water that is unreliable? And I think there were times where I felt like that, like, I can't get past this. I can't get over this. I can't get victory in this area of my life. And there's still times where I feel like that. And you see in this verse here where he's actually saying, God, it's your fault. You know, you've been deceptive. You fooled me. I thought that I could trust you. But the next verse really gives us the key to this whole concept of a perpetual struggles and frailties in our life. He says in verse 19, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version, Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return and give up this mistaken tone of distrust and despair, then I will give you again a settled place of quiet and safety, and you will be my minister. And if you separate the precious from the vile, cleansing your own heart from unworthy and unwarranted suspicions concerning God's faithfulness, you shall be my mouthpiece. Now to me, that is such a foundational, fundamental principle of how we live our lives. Yes, we have frailties. And yes, sometimes they seem like they're incurable. They're a chronic wound in our life that we can't get past. But he says here, return and give up your mistrust, give up your despair, and remember that I'm faithful, and I'll give you a place of peace and a settled place again, and I'll make you my minister. I'll make you that father in the prodigal story. I'll make you that oak of righteousness in Isaiah 61. So we have to be willing to take time to look at our frailties, to return to the Lord, and to get help. Being some kind of pillar of strength and always believing that we have it together is not really an amazing, noble thing. Of course you want to lead strong. Of course you want to lead with integrity and in authenticity. But to do that, we have to face the frailties in our life. We all have them. They don't have to define us, but most likely they're going to come again and again, perhaps, and knock at our door because the enemy of our soul is relentless. He does not give up while we are on this earth with bringing them back to us and trying to suck us in and steal, kill, and destroy from us, often through our frailties. Philippians 2 verse 4 says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. That says to me that, yes, you don't want to be totally focused on your own interest and your own needs and your own situation. You're supposed to look at the interests of others, but merely means entirely, nothing else, no more. So in other words, don't just look 
merely with nothing else in mind for yourself. But you do have to look out for your own personal interests and your own personal needs and even your own personal weaknesses. They are not too trivial. They are not uh, inconsequential. They matter to God. They matter to you. They matter to your family. And they matter to the people that you're wanting to minister to. So in my life, I have found that I need to consistently and faithfully deal with those things in all kinds of different ways. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But maybe I'm just more weak than the average person out there. But my weaknesses have not all left. Let me guarantee you that. And they do come knock at the door. And they do sometimes, the enemy does sometimes say to me, this is a perpetual wound. It's never going to be healed. But I find freedom and I find hope first and foremost in returning and being willing to give up that mistaken tone of distrust and despair that has perhaps settled into my thinking where I feel like, yikes, this is just hopeless. And when I give that up and I return with my whole heart to the faithfulness of God, I remember I don't have the goods, but he does. And when I realize, when I assess my total inability in light of any situation and then assess his total grace and ability, I can make a decision based on that and move forward. So I think I'm going to stop for here at this point and pick up on point three for our next podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for this, and I'll pick this up next time. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Flourish podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.